Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed, and this episode is one of our deep dives. We're going to dive deep into the second half of Star Wars Visions, the other five shorts. We talked about the first four shorts last week, so go check that out if you haven't yet, and then come back here, because right now we're going to finish discussing Visions. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsack. Happy to sit down with all of you, my friends. That includes you, Lop. You, Ocho. We're all here together. <laughs> Lop and Ocho together. 
dangerous. Uh, and uh, that seems like a good place to say, hey, this is full spoilers. We're going to be talking full spoilers for those Star Wars visions, great short films. Uh, but before we get to that, we want to let you know, as always, that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. If you're a regular listener, you can probably say this with me. We're recommending out of the shadows by justina ireland who <laughs> there keep being new star wars things uh for us to uh read or respond to and a bunch of life things have popped up we've both been on vacations we are gonna read this book out of the shadows by justina ireland and if you want to be caught up you can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center one more time that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook but that is not all ken we have more that's right. You all probably can say it with us too, but we love that you know our sponsor as well. We have another offer from Inside Editions, publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books, and they are offering 35% off across their website if you use this special link, insideeditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we're recommending the Inside Editions book, The Lightsaber Collection. Again, use that link, insideeditions.com slash discount slash FC35. Yeah, lightsabers. Uh, it's a great way to segue into just talking about Visions Part 2 because there are a lot of lightsabers. Uh, Star Wars Visions, of course, released on Disney+. Plus. All of the episodes, all nine, were released uh, one day. Talked about that first four in our previous episode last week. Uh, each episode around 15 to 20 minutes. And this week we're diving into those second five. Ken, I just want to start by asking a big picture question. Now that you and I have had a chance to watch all of Star Wars Visions, uh, what's your big picture reaction to the whole project? Has it changed from just seeing the first four? It um, Seeing the, the, the conversation for the last week be so positive, and, and I'm sure there's some angry red-eyed thumbnails, angry <laughs> art video folks who don't like them. I haven't seen it as much as the other ones. Uh, I really haven't. And not because I have things muted or anything like that. No, I just I just generally have been seeing an, a, an overwhelming love for visions and what it represents and the characters that it, it has created and put into um, the Star Wars culture here. And and I just stay on that level a, a lot, just just really enjoying the warmth. And I even talked about a previous, uh, previous edition of Spotlight Star Wars this past weekend. Where just like sometimes it can move you, where just everyone's kind of experiencing this um, shared joy for something. And I'm seeing even our own Discord. Generally, everyone's love. There's some episodes hitting with more, m- m- uh, hitting with, uh, you know, some people, some episodes aren't hitting with some people. But that's what's going to happen when you have nine different short films released all at once. <laughs> so I start there uh, on an individual basis. I, I'm, I'm really. Uh, intrigued by the series still intrigued by potential the talk of more seasons and maybe even seeing some of these stories pick up because many of them end on quite frankly cliffhangers right i mean <laughs> yep they're complete stories you can kind of figure out the rest maybe in your brain but uh, you know i keep thinking of the twins one of like what well, hey uh and and uh, la Pinocha we're gonna discuss i you know that one ended i'm like give me 10 minutes more to at least resolve this you know so i'm excited by that i've had a, a different when we divided this up, we did with the first four episodes and this is now the, the last five. I didn't touch these last five till it was time to sit down and review these. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people obviously binged them and went through them all. And I've heard a lot of conversation about some of these episodes. And I just, I sometimes how you take in star Wars, you know, the moment, little, the literal moment of you're sitting down to watch it. I, I, I had a, I did not 
I don't want to say not enjoy, but like my 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 connection to these last five was not as immediately strong as the first four. And that was kind of sitting with me kind of weird, almost as if did I miss the party? You know what I mean? Where you're like, <laughs> everyone's having a good time. Why am, am I the grump in the corner, which happens with me in my personal life sometimes. Uh, but then I, some of them just kept lingering. And I kept thinking about it throughout the day. I had to get to a comedy show and everything. And even during the comedy show, I was like, you know what? Oh, man, I do like that one. And so not just with repeat viewing, but just thinking about them more because they're so new and such different style and they're not canon and all those things we talk about. And, and those things have have meaning, you know, because sometimes I'm someone who's like, I, I don't live a canon life, but I like to know it counts towards the bigger story. I do like that. I have to admit that, you know, canon life's a tattoo. You can get chosen. If you want. Yeah. I think your life is canon. I yeah. think all the events that happened to you really did happen and they affect yeah. other events in your life. So, yeah, I say <laughs> that it's true. Uh, I say all that to say, like, I, that's how I took them in these last five. I was like, I think I'm missing it. I, I don't think I'm connecting with it like other folks. I'm glad these exist. And then they just kept sticking with me. And uh, that means that I think they did their job and I'm here to talk about something that I really enjoyed. Uh, and it's okay to go on that journey. We always talk about that. You don't have to rush out of the theater and tweet your immediate thoughts <laughs> for a while. See how it connects with you. See what you think about. And these last five episodes had a lot of that. Uh, that that's really great. I love the honesty of you sharing kind of what you went through. And I can't wait to hear which one of these uh, you were like, maybe like, that's fine uh, when you first watched it. And then just in your mind, it snuck up on you like an elder Sith. <laughs> I'll tell you, without telling the title to the listeners, there was one episode that I went, just come on. I just stop. I got, I got this. I, I just want this to end. And that's the one that I might say had the, the, the most uh, effect on me later. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's something really fascinating about a lot of the structures of these episodes that uh, they they don't, a lot of them kind of feel like they lay some cards on the table and you're like, oh, I get what this is, I get where it's going. Yep. And then they're structured narratively and thematically and emotionally really well to kind of upend the, uh, the table they set up. And yep. you realize it's kind of something different and something maybe even bigger or more magical. And I think that's a real power of all of these. So it makes a lot of sense that they would sneak up on you. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think for me, um, yeah, in general, I've been seeing a lot of just celebration of characters. I've been seeing a little bit of the compare and contrast. This one was good. This one wasn't. Or this one is more the way X should have been or, or that kind of thing. That's kind of, you know, a natural part of the conversation. But for the most part, I have just seen people going, I love this world. I love this mm -hmm. character. Here's my fan art. Here's my tattoo. Yeah. I haven't quite seen that yet, but I know it's coming. Um, yeah. Or like, here's the one I really want to see more of or excitement for uh, the, the novel Ronin that is continuing uh, the story of the duel. Uh, all, all kinds of great celebration like that. I think for me, ultimately, I really did enjoy all of the episodes. I enjoyed all of the project. I think what I really maybe one of the things I enjoyed the most is that seeing that the majority of them have some element of that tip of the iceberg storytelling where uh they gave you the background you needed for you to kind of infer where in the normal star wars timeline this kind of might be occurring or not even to be that pedantic about it but just like what are the forces in the galaxy how did they end up that way all that kind of stuff uh and then this great kind of storytelling that i think is just um it, it rewards a little bit more patience and imagination which mm -hmm. is to say that like a lot of these stories, they are absolutely complete if you ask, like, what is the character arc? What is this one character? How is this one character trying to go from point A to point B? But the big picture story isn't necessarily 
uh, resolved or their next challenge isn't resolved. So it, it's, uh, there's stories that really reward uh, patience and imagination because you can ask like, well, what is going to happen next? Or uh, I might need to, to wait to happen what next. Or I might have the patience to just say, there's never going to be a sequel. I'm going to right. imagine it. And I'm going to enjoy the, this story that was told right now in front of me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Patience is a lesson a lot of the characters have to learn. But uh, as an audience member, too, I, I had to learn as well. I love, I love that you said that. Yeah, I think the final big picture thing for me that I wanted to be sure to shout out is it really emerged for me on these last five. I think it's there in the uh, in the first four as well of that it is, uh, of course, natural that there's a lot of lightsaber ideas. But it started to be really fun to see how the different stories kind of put different meanings behind the lightsaber. Like the lightsaber is always going to carry a lot of different uh, traditional meanings and it's traditional Star Wars meanings. But depending on how it was presented in what conflict it was resolving, or sometimes just a character literally saying, this is what this sword means. Uh, It was fun to be able to kind of think about the lightsaber in lots of different ways of what all could it mean to different individuals in different cultures. Well, yeah, because the lightsaber is so universal, right? It's so Star Wars. It might be uh, along with Darth Vader's breathing, you know, just the thing <laughs> anyone's going to associate with Star Wars. And, and you're so right to point even even Tatooine Rhapsody, which still might be my favorite episode, <laughs> has things about what a you know this ain't a lightsaber; it's a microphone, but it's still uh, being used uh, to to uh, perhaps to, to defend, if you will. So yeah, the I love fight it. for the light through song. Yeah, it's a fascinating uh, reimagining of the lightsaber. Yeah, uh, so I love I love that. I love the different versions. There's some beautiful, just beautiful hilts and everything. And I, I would expect nothing less from this this uh, series as it was proposed. So I uh, love the uh, engagement with the lightsaber concept. Yeah. So um, kind of going off of that, I have seen the conversation bubbling here and there about a variety. Um, obviously, Star Wars storytelling can have a ton of variety, um, you know, from bounty hunters to focusing on Imperial characters, Jedi spiritual stuff, scoundrel stuff, more political stuff, like uh, all sorts of variety uh, in Star Gangsters, all sorts of variety. How did you feel about the amount of variety in Visions? Uh kind of what you were expecting versus what you got where you at it was it might be one of one of the things i was struggling with on the surface now i think as di- with the different studios and uh different animation styles or designs however you want to look at it uh the uh, the correct way to look at it um I, I could tell them all individually right if you say the title i can picture in my head what it is so th- they definitely look different to me um the, the, all there were some episodes I will admit, like I was like, okay, here here we go again on, on what it is. I don't mean that completely negative. Like, okay, I think I know what I'm getting. And there'd be little versions of it, like you said, that would do some switch or some of the words, some of the philosophies would hit for me a little bit better than in other ones. But a lot of them had this master Padawan, ancient forces, evil, and all that kind of stuff. But the the pacing, and all that stuff was was similar. But also, that's kind of what I expected right uh, and looking at um a, a japanese style of not just animation but storytelling which is passed on through generations and i kept thinking of that ahsoka episode of mandalorian and how that just unapologetically just drew from a lot of uh, these sources and influences and how that episode almost kind of set me up for some of the pacing the shots the fighting uh, i think of twin sons obi-wan and maul which had some uh, you know, samurai uh, type of style fighting uh, mm-hmm. uh, as talked about. So in other words, it, I got exactly what I needed, even though sometimes um, 
not that I was like, oh, is that, wait, what, what character was that? Yeah, I could definitely tell them all apart. But um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I was drawn to some of the more crazier ones. And even the, we'll get to La Panocha, but I thought that touched upon part of, a part of Star Wars I hadn't seen touched upon yet, which was rebellion. Um, mm. So mm. yeah, there's things about that I love. So, anyways, yeah, I understand. I understand the argument. I understand where it comes from. I also want to be respectful of of uh, uh, the creators and the, and the centuries upon centuries of culture that goes into these stories. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's a it's a needle to thread uh, when I think you're talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for me, there's absolutely a ton of variety in the the style, the animation, the music, just like yeah, the actual like surface. There's a ton of uh, a variety and just an explosion of creativity. I think what maybe some people are, are responding to is uh, there are multiple coming of age stories, right? There are multiple yeah. young people taking their first step and kind of can or should they earn the blade or mm-hmm. learn what to do with power, um, which I think is is that's totally understandable. That's a huge, huge part of Star Wars. Obviously, a lot of them are stories about what is the specific philosophy of being a, a Jedi, a Ronin, a sword or a force wielder and all that. Um, and I think for me that this is a real, <laughs> we were talking earlier this week about you giving people some Qui-Gon advice in a bar. Uh, <laughs> this is a real, your focus determines your reality, right? Yeah, because I could sit here and go like, oh, yeah, okay." when I just finished that story and I really enjoyed it and it was a coming of age story. And then I start the next one. And the first couple of beats, I realize it's a coming of age story. I can go, grr, a bunch of them are coming of age stories. Or I can take a big step back and say, well, the coming of age story, the question of who are you as a is a sword wielder? What does your sword mean, Um, though? That's the starting point. Mm -hmm. And then the variety comes on top of that. And for me, the reason that's the starting point is. That's a lot of the stuff that Star Wars borrowed <laughs> from yeah. this storytelling culture. So a part of this isn't just, hey, take Star Wars, play with it. It is, hey, a lot of Star Wars came from this culture of storytelling. We're coming full circle. <laughs> it yeah. is not, you're not riffing on Star Wars when you're talking about, you know, the meaning of carrying a sword, the meaning of being a Ronin. Uh, Star Wars riffing on this, you know? And yeah. I think having that perspective to me is really important. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. And and even uh, as I was processing my thoughts uh, watching it yesterday, I, I again like I said thread you're threading a needle, and 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 you should be aware of that and and where it comes. And this part of the fun and the celebration of the series is is uh, this circle is complete that everyone talks about. And you mentioned there, uh, it is a mirror reflecting on a mirror reflecting on a mirror, and it's uh, fun to see that. Uh, and it is it's very Star Wars because Star Wars is this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, really enjoy them more when I have that perspective of like, oh, most of them are coming of age stories. Now, how are they going to approach that? Uh, And then it become, then they do become eclectic and exciting and and really, really varied and different. Um, And then I think uh, over time, it'll be really interesting to see the different ones that pop out. Obviously, people are really celebrating uh, specific ones that they really love or ones they want to see continue or specific characters. Uh, But in that, I think there is going to continue to be some love for the ones like, uh, Tatooine Rhapsody, Rhapsody and, and 2B1, which are probably a little bit more different because they do lean a little bit more into the uh, the fun and the silly and the cute while still being deeply meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Excellent. Well, with all that, let's dive into uh, these five short films. So up first is one of the very popular ones, uh, is my reading of um, my own social media feeds. Yes. <laughs> and that is The Ninth Jedi by the Animation Studio Production IG. Ken, what was your big picture reaction to this episode? Like it? Love it? Struggle with it? Where'd you go? Let me let me start uh, grumpy first. I was, you're, you're not wrong. This is the one that I heard a lot of people going, oh, you've only watched the first four. Oh, Wait till you get to the ninth Jedi. That could sometimes set you up for failure. I'm just, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a hamburger or a Star Wars thing. And I sat down to watch it. This started. Number one, this one has looks. I, 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 I joke. My only real frame of reference, I, you know, is Robotech from the 80s. And I mention that all the time, but it's powerful to me because I'm just such a huge fan of that. But that's my only true exposure to uh, the Japanese style of animation, right? And it's a very Americanized. You know, they grab the films and put them together. I, I I mentioned it because I think it's important. And this Ninth Jedi, I felt like I was watching an episode of Robotech. I really did, <laughs> which is a good thing, by the way. Yeah. Um, but that said, it took me a bit. I didn't know what was I I I would don't know what was in my my water while I was watching this. But I just was like, I'm not feeling this one at all. Like I just did not get to it. The dialogue, everything about I just was so on the surface of it. But then on the second view and already, then thinking about it, you know what I really loved about this one? This captured actually, quite frankly, a little bit what I felt Jedi history was after seeing A New Hope as a kid. Ancient, right. vanished, secret, sacred weapons, something from beyond, and centuries removed, you know, and we know that's not the case, and, and the Clone Wars come along and it's only 19 years prior, and uh, but anytime I heard heard uh, heard Alec Guinness sp- speak as a kid growing up, I thought just he was just thinking he, oh, he must have been 500 years old, you know, because oh, it's a long time since I've heard that name. Eh, it really is about 10 years. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and 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 that's why I really love the starting point of the Ninth Jedi. Then it gets into great some great stuff, uh, great characters and, and, and uh, great action. Uh, but that's where I started with it. So you talk about like it, love it, struggle with it. I did struggle with this one. I got to be honest about it. But I ended up really enjoying it. Yeah, a lot of this is very relatable. I think uh, this was a good lesson for me in sitting down and going, don't uh, lead with the grumpy side. Uh, Because I had so loved all the first four, but in particular, really loved uh, the duel in the Village Pride. And I realized, like, I'm being pointlessly grumpy because, like, I'm (laughs) I'm like, oh, I want to go back and watch Duel and Village Pride. I got to continue with this, this, this one that everybody thinks is great. And then I was like, self what are you doing uh uh like almost literally uh so stop refocused and then i love this this was uh, this is great for me um i think what i liked about this one is it, it dealt with we'll talk about a lot of those great big star wars themes the return of the ancient and generational change and you know earning the saber all, all these kind of great star wars things a great remix of uh, the actual sort of chronology of the, the battle between mm-hmm. light and dark. But then all of it just hinged on this absolutely cool twist on just lightsabers, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just reinvents lightsabers as the world's coolest mood ring, right? <laughs> yeah. And like so much of this story, it, it made the the absolute most of that idea in the narrative with getting all these different surprises out of how blades are going to change and when they're going to change because they're reflected by the user. Right. Uh, And all of it starts with the like, Hey, we got all this traditional star Wars stuff around us. uh, But then we just have this one key idea. That's very, very different that, you know, maybe it's not Padawans who go and make blades, but maybe, and maybe it's just unique to this time, but that there's a sabersmith. 
And mm-hmm. I wrote down his actual line of, actually, I've tempered the kyber crystals on each lightsaber so it reflects the user's connection with the Force. The color and the length will vary depending on the Jedi using it. You take, so much of this is classic, uh, all cap Star Wars with that one twist that suddenly changes so much and it's so cool. Yeah, I, that to me represented some deep things I can't wait to get into, I thought. But uh, love that uh, love that version of it. And just a sabersmith, man. Uh, that's pretty cool too. Right. Yeah. Like that was just like, oh man, I want to, I just want to write the word Sabersmith like on my Trapper Keeper in junior high. It's so cool. I want to get, yeah, Galaxy's Edge. I want to say, I'm a Sabersmith shirt. Like that, (laughs) that, that the lightsaber thing. Okay. I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. So uh, you you talked a little bit about this looking like uh, Robotech for you. Were there uh, anything else about the animation style or the music or anything about just like the production that spoke to you? It, it, It also, connected with me just almost like a classic saturday morning cartoon vibe too a little little bit and and you can either uh, that can work uh, you can work against that or you can work with it i i chose to to work with it eventually uh again i don't i I, nothing against i just i started just the steps i was just like what i don't i'm not feeling this but then you just start to feel it and you just kind of move past that kind of silly surface stuff i suppose um but the the uh the of all the styles this is maybe one of my least favorite but also the most comforting. <laughs> yeah, I really liked it uh, just because I felt like maybe it is that attachment to like, this is generally, very generally speaking, like, yeah, this is great action animation. You know, the animation was smooth and defined and it made the action scenes really fun mm-hmm. to watch. Um, I think I was really intrigued from the get-go because there's this balance uh, where how much of, of what we know of is Star Wars is being implemented, right? And this one right away has like more of the sweeping orchestral music. It's using wipes. So there's a lot in the visual language that's very yeah. Star Wars. Uh, but then it's using that to do design, cool design things that I have, that I really loved, right? That were a little different. Like I, I love those weird uh, fishing tower poles that <laughs> you yes. know, fish into the atmosphere, atmosphere fishers, whatever the hell they're called. They're beautiful and weird. And I want an old, Kenner uh, figure of it or not figure playset. Um, I love the aerial temple. I love the idea that there's this temple in the sky, you know, uh, and then that great twist at the end that it's an upside down saber. So I thought there was a lot about it that was very traditional, very Star Wars, but then really invented some new imagery within Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Of, yeah, including down to some of the ship designs, uh, almost like they took the, uh, you know, uh, separatist uh, uh, droid transports from Phantom Menace and reworked them a bit in, in the most wonderful way. Uh, I love that kind of stuff uh, as, as well. Great little, very realized world. Yeah, very realized. Super, super good way to say that. Super good. Super, super good, good talking, Ken. Okay. <laughs> Job good. Job good stuff. Anyway, moving on, uh, let's talk about those big Star Wars ideas and themes. Uh, what did you feel like was there that, that really connected to the uh, ideas of Star Wars? Well, I just I was really excited by this twist on the lightsabers because uh, it starts, you know, up top with uh, was a character Kara just kind of uh, always casually like, oh, mine doesn't have a color. I guess a Jedi will have to touch it. And I got excited. That's why I started maybe pull, getting pulled into the episode a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then to see what kind of happens and that great reveal of all these, uh, you know, Sith acolytes and their red blades and just the way the uh, character car just says that, 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 that color, you know, it, it just which was this horror and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, what that meant. But to me, it represents this um, both the, the, the connection to the force kind of can grow with you as you focus on it. It wasn't necessarily that um, her father was saying, 
you know, uh, uh, different Jedi have different skill levels, but I took upon it just as it's a reflection of what's inside of you and what's there and what the, what the force picks up and what you're giving the force and what you're using the force for. So uh, the flip side of that, that was just that reveal of the, of the Sith Acolytes uh, was kind of about the, the darkness that can be inside us. And, and you and I talk often about the battle of light and dark is the the, the story of Star Wars on any levels, and here here it is that 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 f- f- uh, you know flowed down into the weapon itself, uh, and I just love that that kind of theme of what's inside you is, is what's going to show. Yeah, and it's married so well with I think a a Star Wars theme that maybe we don't talk about as often, but I do feel like is there of like who are you really underneath the mask, right? Or mm-hmm. what's really going on? Um, you know, obviously a lot of Star Wars choices about who do you really want to be and how that gets reflected. But, you know, it, like rewatching Empire Strikes Back again recently, I'm reminded by just how many instances are in that film where you kind of don't know who is really who. They don't they don't know what the probe droid is at first. They think they're in a cave. They're in a space slug. Uh, Yoda pretends to be someone he's not. Lando pretends to be somebody he's not. Building up the big revelation that Vader isn't just this easily hated villain. He's a complex person, you know. Right. Uh, and I feel like that this the beginning of this was so soaked in you know who what's really going on are those jedi is this other guy going to show up who can be trusted so it sets up this great star wars question of like who are you really and this mm. kind of dreamlike fear that somebody's identity might change right in front of you and that ties so well into the this coming of age story of this uh young uh, character whose lightsaber is isn't fully there isn't fully realized yeah. right yeah. Uh, it just it's it's such a just beautiful visual way to tell this classic Star Wars story of uh, who are you really and who are other people really? Yeah, Maz Kanata would be proud. Who are you? you yeah, <laughs> yeah. Looking in the eyes. I also really like this one for just really diving hard on in the generational theme. Yeah. That great feeling yeah. of the old reawakening, right? You know, going to that. I always think of when uh, when Obi Wan does say in A New Hope, uh, Obi Wan, and there's that trill of music, and it's so exciting because the old is reawakening. Yeah, yeah, legacy, uh, power of legacy, that all those kind of growth, progress, passing, general, big Star Wars stuff there, and it played really, real well. Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, the, the the that the whole thing is like they're, we're trying the Jedi are scattered and ancient. We're trying to bring them back, and they mm-hmm. so want their ancient weapons, the lightsabers restored. Right, you get that line of Ethan being born after lightsabers uh, mm-hmm. uh, stopped being around at all, right. um, and it even ties into the uh, character that I'm sure we both love, uh, that old slow moving taxi droid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Four I'm- nines. Four nines. That's that's the character's nines. name. And and I I still have only had a time just time's been precious last uh, last few weeks I, I've still only listened to the English uh, uh, cast readings and and I'm going to give these uh, their due on on uh, the Japanese cast readings uh, to be clear um, but I'm speaking from that point of view yeah so it's a wonderful guy guy I, I, I know him around these these uh, the party circuit J P Carillac is that droid I cannot wait till the next time I see J P I'm going to ask him all about that tea, tea sniffing, smoking, drinking droid. Like, what was that? <laughs> what is the deal with four nines? Yeah. Last thing I want to kind of shout out about uh, the big Star Wars ideas is uh, there is this line uh, from uh, the Saber Smith uh, to his daughter when she is, uh, you know, thinking about why her lightsaber is not fully there, fully realized, doesn't have color and isn't you know entirely there yet. Uh, he says, Remember that while the force exists in every living thing, only those individuals who develop their connection to it will have the power to wield it. Mm. 
that was really fascinating for me because uh, I know that's a big discussion uh, among a lot of Star Wars fans because a lot of people uh, felt like the original trilogy left that uh, that interpretation open. That mm-hmm. yep, Luke is the son of Anakin Skywalker, a powerful Jedi. Um, he's he's the one being taught, but. Han could use the learn to use the force if he wanted to. And a lot of people approach the original trilogy that way. And then that's what some of the uh, bad reaction to the midi chlorians is about of, you know, Star Wars being a little bit more defined of certain people uh, are born with the affinity to connect to the mm-hmm. force. Uh, and it was really interesting to me that this was stated explicitly, this idea that the force is with everybody. And it's much more of a philosophical and a spiritual thing if you can open it, open yourself to it. Oh yeah, that's a, and again tying to some of uh, like I said the original kind of views uh, of Star Wars, right or wrong that you had in eighty three, eighty four, eighty five, you know, and, and I, I had that feel too. I mean, gosh, when when Han grabs a lightsaber in Empire, I remember trying to convince my friends like, no, nah, no, nah, he 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 has some Jedi powers, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know why, I don't know how or where it got into me as a kid. I'll find some passage on a trading card or somewhere. I just always interpreted it as some people are born with the connection and a strong enough connection to tap into the force and other people uh can't but that doesn't make them less like han solo never felt less right yeah yeah <laughs> i always felt bad i wasn't as cool as han solo he was clearly not held back <laughs> by not being a user of the force yeah absolutely yeah so that that was uh, my own take but i just i really wanted to acknowledge that line because it really gets to the the core of a, a big discussion uh, in star wars yeah absolutely. uh any favorite moments from uh the ninth jedi that you wanted to mention yeah, well, it's overall this idea of, you know, this is the hope of the Jedi still being out there, right? That they can be reformed, the Order can be rebuilt. And and I thought the music in this episode really captured the spirit of hope discovery. And it even had some uh, Force Awakens kind of vibes, uh, resistance theme, Ray kind of like it, it seemed to be drawn on that more than anything for me from my point of view, uh, music wise. I just, again, I just really just overall, the music won me over there. A lot of little moments, the variable lightsabers are are absolutely wonderful, but just the, the reveal of those hilts. And I, this is some of the comments I had seen on Twitter about guy, can we get to galaxy's edge and build these now at at, uh, (laughs) the ninth Jedi? And that absolutely lived up to the hype. Loved every one of those hilts. Yeah, they were absolutely great. I, I think for me, uh, the, you knew something was not right but you didn't know what wasn't right, who was a traitor, you know, was the whole, you know, aerial temple going to be blown up or whatever in that, that perfect surprise of the Sith ignition, you know, that all the lightsabers are red, right. As soon as they get their hands on them, that was just beautiful coming together of uh theme narrative and just cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all in one moment. So that that was a huge highlight for all the Star Wars visions for me. The the moment of Sith ignition. <laughs> Sith ignition. Love that. Yeah, and, and yeah, as we always say, it, it but bears repeating. Cool goes a long way. It sure does. Uh the the droid uh four nines uh saying I'm on my break <laughs> while drinking oil, maybe? I don't know. But that was great. Um the oil. Then, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, booze oil, oil booze, coffee oil. I don't know. Um, this was in the trailers as well, but it just it, it hit all the same notes for me when I actually actually saw it. Is I loved the speeder chase on the ice lake. You know, it's powerful because it's it's uh, uh, Kara's moment of power coming to an, into her own. But I think also just growing up in a place that is a frozen tundra for half the year, there's something so fresh of like I haven't seen that on. 
green. Like we've seen yeah, some ice lakes, but not just like, yeah, it's speeders, it's lightsabers, it's skidding. It was so well done. And there's something about it was just like fresh and exciting to me. And I really loved it. I, I even put down the note of uh, backwards speeder fighting action. Like when she's just completely <laughs> flying backwards uh, uh, and, 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 and using the lightsaber to defend herself. I, I love that moment. Yeah, you're so right. And just, yeah, the visual of, uh, of that lake, the snow, the mountains, uh, uh, even though we've got definitely got snow in Star Wars, but it was something fresh. Yeah, no shortage of snow, but this was fresh snow, which can be hard to come by, let me tell you. Uh, anyway, any other thoughts on the Night Jedi before we move on? Uh, the final one was uh, was our, our uh, the, the guy who reveals himself there. Um, Margrave Juro. Margrave Juro, um, uh, slicing that little uh, Sith uh, walrus man in two. <laughs> yeah, the fighting was phenomenal, that big last fight, right? Yes, loved it. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Sith Walrus guy. Uh, purple lightsaber, of course, was great. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, we're going to move on because we want to be sure to be able to give all of these episodes their due. Mm-hmm. We're going to move on to uh, 2OB1 by the animation studio Science Saru. Ken, what was your reaction to this episode? Is this the one that had to sneak up on you at a comedy show? <laughs> this is the one I sat there on a Sunday afternoon taking notes. Having some, uh, uh, you know, leftovers for lunch, and I and I just thought to myself, "What am I doing here? I, this is drive. I can't watch this anymore. Like I'm, I was <laughs> in a grumpy spot. I really was, and just like, and I'm just saying, it wasn't just. I was like visions overall. I was like, this is, you know what? Maybe I should just be. This isn't hitting me, and I just got to call, see what it is. And I just, I, you know, but obviously we got a job to do here. We're heroes at Force Center. We got to review this. <laughs> I pressed on, um, and. Then by the end of the episode, I was like, okay, okay. And then, yeah, sitting around, uh, you know, uh, later around, around friends. And this one, I thought, you know what? Of, of uh, This short of all the ones uh, we watched captured the spirit of growing up a Star Wars fan. Mm. Of being seven and and hanging things in my wall. I love the wall art in this episode. and the, Yeah. The and so it was it was totally out there. It was totally out there, but it was also totally different and unique. And it just sat with me the more I thought about it. And I watched it again this morning. And now, you know, you, you, you're you're from, you know what's coming. So it's a little less jarring. And yeah, this one was magical to me. It was a it was a we talk about myths and fables. This was a fairy tale. And uh, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, this one was fascinating to start. And I think I had uh, a little bit of like, okay, this is uh, this is definitely, uh, it's cute. That's great. And and that's, that's beautiful. That's a mm-hmm. big part of Star Wars. And it's clearly well done. It's done with such love, but I don't know if it'll be for me. Uh, and then I'll, this is the one where I also bumped up like, oh yeah, it's totally natural. It makes sense that uh, a lot of these are going to be coming of age stories, but I feel like I just saw a coming of age story. And, and this one did have the power to get through uh, all of the, the questions in the grump yeah, <laughs> and surprised me by going, no, uh, this is, this is different. This is really unique. Yeah. Um, I think what I really responded to is it does have that star Wars. Why not feel like, let's go explore. This is an age old star Wars question. Can a droid be a Jedi? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, but then it, it was, I loved what it did with, uh, again, playing with that definition of what does the lightsaber mean? You know, in the ninth Jedi, if it's a a lightsaber is almost a mirror, you know, if you're unclear about who you are, you're going to see it when you ignite your blade, you know, right. Uh, then in this one, this idea that, you know, the the master uh, Mataka says, you know, well, you got to find a kyber crystal and the power of uh, the idea that uh, two Obi-Wan would 
look everywhere and it was inside him all along. Like it's not subtle, right? No, but it's it, subtle, yeah. but it, but it's powerful of like that. Maybe everything you're looking for in external world, uh, looking for in the external world, maybe what you're looking for is, is more internal. And it's a, really empowering that he finds you know the kyber crystal uh literally within himself so the lightsaber becomes a little bit of a metaphor of uh, your own power your own ability that the, a metaphor for the fact that we all have power you know yeah and not thinking to look there or, or look it away from it it works again on a fairy tale level for me and, and it's this one was about the joy of being a daydreaming star wars fan and and this was what was through going through my head at seven and eight nine looking out the window at the stars and wondering where my place is was in it because of this crazy space franchise and saga i just watched so yeah i, I love that revealing yeah you're right like i'm i might i almost think i yelled at the screen like it's in you <laughs> well, it's, it's probably in your chest but uh and that turned into absolutely joy and the joy of of, of uh two ob1 or toby's he started to be called towards the end right i'm a real boy uh it was really sweet to get that discovery yeah definitely like yeah uh an anime adaptation of uh pinocchio in star wars and yeah. his droid it's yeah it's absolutely great and i also felt like I think one of the things that made me like this is like I felt lulled into a false sense of security that it starts cute and oh, it's cute droids and they're all buddies and they want to go see the galaxy and they're drawing Star Wars art on the wall. That's cute. And then like how many a very few minutes have passed and they're now battling an inquisitor in a lightning storm and some of them are being slaughtered. (laughs) This was perhaps the most traumatic one. I mean, he emerges uh, it, it's like when uh, Tom Cruise comes out of the basement and War of the Worlds and that plane's crashed into the neighborhood. Just what has <laughs> happened while we're hiding down there? And it's traumatic. He's dead. The master's dead. The droids are cut in 40 parts. Uh, you're right. It was, it, it snuck up on you. Yeah. It's like, all right. You got me. You got me. Uh, how did you feel about the animation style? It was very different, right? Um, yeah, was mean, that a part of your general reaction? Yeah. It, it, in the end, this, this becomes perhaps the, one of the, the most unique uh, episodes uh, to the series of shows. And they're all unique in their own wonderful way. Um, but much like I keep saying, I love Tatooine, Tatooine Rhapsody because I just I just think about it. They just look so different. It, the energy was different. Uh, one of the things that you want to talk about, about the, about the variety, love every film individually, but the energy sometimes could be the same to me. Uh, the momentum. And again, that's probably to do with the uh, decades and centuries and thousands of years of storytelling culture. I get that, but I also love this. This, uh, this just jumped off the screen. The designs were just simple. The villain, I just love that the villain was plain and simple. A black knight out to destroy the world. I didn't need to think anything more of it, and I just um, really. And I saw some fan art today, some posters that kind of reimagined uh, two Ob one, but also in the same style, but it was like more. Um, 3d or you know more uh just a different uh, color shading to it and i just, I just loved it. it it's a wonderful little world yeah yeah I, I really love that the animation is you know cute fun uh it's still beautiful Probably, it still yeah. captures that like kind of yeah that stuck on a small planet mournful bittersweet wanting to be out in the galaxy and then could range itself all the way to this like absolutely terrifying yeah um i really liked that the music was really its own the music felt you know, sort of bouncy and ethereal and and, and different. Um, and obviously, uh, uh, as we've both said, we're not super anime experts. I know this is a very this is a specific style of anime, um, but from the Star Wars filter, it also had a little bit of that seventies eighties Nelvana feel that uh, you know the 
both that holiday special has and that uh, the droids cartoon has. So it felt a little in that tradition of Star Wars to me, too. I totally agree with that. Yep. So uh, we've already touched on it a little bit, but what are your thoughts on the big Star Wars ideas uh, that were baked into uh, Toby? <laughs> I, I mean, I start again with, with dreams and dream big and, and this idea that, uh, you know, this little droid uh, thinks the impossible and the impossible is true. And it begins with you and your journey's already begun. Right? That's one of my big things in Star Wars. You're looking towards tomorrow, but you are already on the path that you need to be on and are supposed to be on. And, uh, you know, two Obi-Wan doesn't really know it. He's got to figure that out, but he's already on that journey. I think that's a big Star Wars theme. And then just the ideas of what's kind of at the core of the Jedi, which is a helping, helping planet life creation. Uh, that's kind of the light side. And we talk about that a lot. It's pretty cut and dry, pretty simple. And the dark side's there to destroy and to control and, uh, organic versus mechanic, big discussion point on that. This, uh, the main show on, on Tuesday. So all that was just there for the taking. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, I liked that this definitely was a coming of age story, but we almost got just a little bit more uh, um, perspective from the mentor character that he has that sort of bittersweet, you know, when uh, to Obi Wan at that point really wants to see the galaxy. And he's like, well, it's very peaceful here. It's very dangerous out in the galaxy, you know. So he's kind of got that that fear for uh, his young charge, but he's also, you know, trying to train him and give him what's he, what he needs to become the, the next generation. So a lot of great mentor perspective. Yeah. And I think the thing that I was most affected by is a really lovely story about what do Jedi actually do, <laughs> right? Uh, they're literally just, they're returning life to a planet, you know, that had lost its life, right? Uh, this Jedi is, passing on lessons you know uh, mataka even has a, a, a twist on yoda's quote where he says adventure excitement i'm afraid that being a jedi is not as glamorous as it is in your dreams you know and yep. the, the great thing of literally seeing the dream of like i'm attacking a star destroyer with a lightsaber and uh-huh. <laughs> mataka is actually like uh, be nice to someone and plant something that's more of a jedi thing <laughs> yeah that's the dream that, that resonates it's big and again uh speaking to the kid and all of us it's a it's a Powerful lesson on what it means to be a great warrior. Yoda has some thoughts on that for sure. Yeah. And I love that that comes across clearly. And I believe Toby's last line where he, you know, in that very bouncy, excited way says, we will continue our research in the professor's legacy of helping planets. Right. Because that's what Jedi do. Yep. yep. <laughs> Thanks for the theme statement, Toby. Yeah. Loved it. And I, I mean that as a compliment. Uh, other thing I just want to acknowledge is it's really interesting just to, to see which which things creators gravitate toward because there was so much. Well, this was so different in lots of ways. So many familiar trappings, right? It was a mm-hmm. it was a Tatooine like planet. We had a bad feeling about this quote. We had a T sixteen Skyhopper. We had the uh, the Tie Reaper. Uh, we had a I am one with the Force and the Force is with me quote. An Inquisitor. A Tie Advanced V one Inquisitor ship. The hero gets their arm cut off. There was a lot of Star Wars trappings. Well, absolutely a lot. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the arm one, too. Forgot about that. <laughs> so were there any uh, favorite moments that you wanted to mention? I mentioned it, but just the, the reveal of the wall art and the imagination behind it. And just, again, that captures uh, the spirit as uh, as a kid of just staring at a, you know, Sears catalog and looking at the Star Wars toys and moving them in my mind and, and uh, telling your own adventures. It, it was, it was, I really enjoyed that. Uh, the, the, I, I really love the use of the, I am uh, one with the force and the forces with me. Uh, and how a, a new piece of, of Star Wars uh, lore becomes something that uh, can influence others. I think that was great. 
Uh, and I love the AOK at the end that uh, Toby gives when he stands tall, wins the day, but is a little hurt, but he gives that AOK. <laughs> yes, like, you're right. <laughs> That's like a, a like a, a, a you know audience on their feet applauding moment, but also very funny <laughs> yeah. because it's like I did it. I took a lot of damage, but I did it. Did it. Yeah, uh, the wall of Star Wars art is is just pretty great. You know, sometimes there is almost that concern of like, okay, does that stuff start to veer into just sort of like, I don't know, um, self-congratulation? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, not to these creators, but just within the whole Star Wars context. Uh, but it was so connected to these these droids dreaming and these droids hearing legends. And like that, seeing that wall and seeing the droids' relationship to making it it has to me that same just lovely power of Ray saying, Luke Skywalker, I thought he was a myth. Totally. You know, that even within interpretations of this galaxy, the the, the deeds of the heroes are legendary, right? It, it just really captured all that. Yeah, and the spirit of, of course, I think this whole series, uh, but particularly this episode, and, and uh, love that there. Yeah, yeah. Last thing for me, which is a, a line that for me could be uh, taken as kind of meta, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that the villain just says, a droid, a droid became a Jedi. Because <laughs> you can almost imagine fans, you know, who don't like it shouting the same thing as the villain. Yeah, don't be the villain. Don't be the villain. <laughs> Give Toby a chance. That's what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Any final thoughts on 2OB1 before we uh, move on? No, other than I'm, I'm almost surprised uh, myself for loving this one as much as I do. Only meaning because I can sometimes get uh, uh, a little stuck on certain things or too cute or anything. But then, man, it just really took me back to being seven. And that was a big victory for me. Yeah, big success as far as I'm concerned as well. So we will move on to The Elder by Animation Studio Trigger. Ken, what was your reaction to this episode? Like it? Love it? Struggle with it? Did it sneak up on you? It snuck up on me, uh, but not in a... Uh, I, it snuck up on me, but I, I guess that's end the sentence there. <laughs> but I really dug it, and it has it became one of my, uh, uh, especially on repeat viewing, one of my favorite examples of kind of exploring the master and the Padawan relationship because it was so slow and methodical, but just a very purposeful episode of just lessons, uh, dangerous lessons, lessons that had um, stakes attached to them. But everything was just this ongoing conversation between master and apprentice, and we definitely get some of that in Star Wars. Uh, you know, Master and Apprentice book comes to mind and everything. But I don't know. I just really enjoyed that relationship. And again, listening to the English uh, cast uh, version uh, and, and having uh, David Harbour, my grumpy uh, icon uh, in Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed that. But yeah, so no, I, I really dug it. I really dug it. Yeah, the 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 grumpy mumble. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean that in a good way of yeah. uh, of David Harbor uh, doing that voice. Yeah, I love this one, Ken. Mm-hmm. The, these are the stories I crave. This very, very specific thing. We have yeah millions of examples of um, of master and apprentice going through and learning lessons, uh, but often that is a combined with those characters also moving the overall plot ahead. And it's something that a short film like this can really uniquely do is there's no huge plot for them to be responsible for. So it is stripped down to just this beautiful, minimal adventure where it is just Jedi in a mission being tested in their skills and their philosophy. 
And it's got so much room to do just that. And that's not even that's not a criticism of anything else. That is to me saying this is this is the value of of why we don't need to play the which one is better game because different things offer us different rewards. And I just love the rewards offered by this incredibly minimal slow burn build the tension. It's just about Jedi being truly tested to their core. Yeah, it is real, just a reflective rumination on their relationship and the lessons learned and what is at the uh, at, at the center of, of being a Jedi or, or, or helping or doing good or using power the right way. Uh, love, love that angle. You're so right. Just being having, you know, free from, from uh, you said, carrying the plot, but just the big picture. And then you find yourself not too worried about who they are, where they're from or where they're going. You're just here and now with them and that was uh, they used the format to their advantage yeah we were very much in the present with these two yeah. jedi this master and the padawan how did you feel about the animation style overall uh i think i i think i i'm like my note is it might be one of my favorite episodes design wise mm. um where i just felt like i felt i was really at home in the star wars galaxy even the ships kind of seemed very uh like i could see them in a, a star wars comic book yeah, that uh, yeah. Sith ship was so cool. Yeah, but it was also very much its own style. Um, all these episodes, all nine of these, really um, use uh, Japan itself and uh, in, in, in the landscapes and the beautiful world that that is, both the crazy, uh, you know, uh, skyscraping tech centers all the way to the, the 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 rolling mountains and the stuff that we we might only be familiar with for me, only, only from afar. I haven't had a chance to visit the, that country yet but you know so this one used the, the landscape really well and, uh, and and just the design of everything flowed really well for me yeah i i really agree i thought it, it this overall was just like great cool kinetic action animation i love that they had um they kind of it's almost some like frozen moments and then almost moments where it felt like the characters are moving faster than I can keep up with, <laughs> you know, is kind of communicated by the, oh, the yeah. way it's animated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, watching all of these and going like, okay, well, what is their balance between uh, what we know of in modern canon as Star Wars imagery, right? Yeah. Uh, versus what do you bring in? And I kind of liked it. This one was just like, uh, look, the, 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 the two Jedi, uh, Tajan Crosser, uh, the the master and uh, the Padawan Dan Gavash, uh, they could they they're absolutely at home in yep. Star Wars, right? They they're just like, hey, that's that's a Jedi in a Padawan, just straight yep. up that put, Sith ship, put very straight Republic. up, right? Yep. Yeah, put them in the High Republic. Put, all- put them in the High Republic. Yeah, uh, but then there were these images that were just so distinctly like traditionally Japanese, right? mm-hmm. obviously like elements of the elder and the village itself in the, you know, environment. You're so right. And it, that was just a really fun, different like mixture of, uh, of how the, the kind of modern Canon star Wars imagery versus uh, any sort of Japanese storytelling or reality image is combined. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. The elder himself, a uh, wonderful design uh, indeed. And, and, and intriguing in the, in the, trailer right i remember some of the shots in the trailer to actually see it uh executed the way it was was uh i love that too yeah i love the little explosions of energy at the base of his sith blades that were always there like in in like in comic books sometimes there's like the kind of like ignition explosion you know act, some action figures lightsabers have the little kind of energy as it comes out of the hilt it was cool that it was just always there yep yep <laughs> yeah so super great 
great. Super great on the aesthetics. Uh, for you, what were the big picture ideas uh, that uh, that uh, the elder was wrestling with? Uh, there's some bigger stuff to talk about, I think. But one that jumps out to me, it's early in the conversation of uh, the master and how he just he knows the galaxy. He knows the people in it, which to me, I take as investing in what you are a part of or what you're out there to protect and work with. Right. Um, mm-hmm. There's something just him. Ta- oh, yeah, I've been to the most planets. And it was just this real subtle, awkwardly funny conversation a little bit. And this, you know, the student, uh, this apprentice like, oh, I want to see the world. I want to do this one or that. And him just being like, yeah, yeah, I have been here. And then when they get to the planet, he's able to talk about the culture and the people. And, and it's not just some. um something he's picked up from a, a Jedi textbook. Like he knows it, he lives it. And, and, and when later on, when he talks about, uh, you know, you, you, power is something that you, you uh, use to protect those without it. Like it, it's very real to me. And he knows what that means. And he knows the value of that. I, I like to, to start that episode there. Yeah. It starts with such a great framing. It is, it, it's great traditional star Wars stuff. Lots of other storytelling as well, obviously, but yeah, that clear perspective from Dan, the Padawan being like, I want to see every planet and I want to have a, a fight at everyone yeah. <laughs> to prove myself. My master is so cool because he's been everywhere and he clearly has scars, uh, some literal and clearly some behind his eyes and in his voice. So <laughs> my m- cool master has been to every planet and he's had a cool fight on everyone. It's just that's the energy coming off of Dan. Right. And then as yep. soon as uh, Tajin lands, it's total classic Jedi stuff of like, no, the the power of having visited all these people is knowledge and respect. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the power. It's not that I had an awesome fight here. It's that I've sat and talked to these people and, you know, shown them respect. They've shown me respect. Now I have knowledge that will help us. He's he's the Anthony Bourdain of Jedi. He he just travels <laughs> and he knows the cafes to sit and eat with the people. Uh, that might be my favorite star wars analogy i've heard in a while there uh yeah i think for me the 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 big picture is just like this one feels like if you if jedi were real Mm -hmm. uh and you were beginning like you'd made it you'd made it past being a youngling and you were going to be a padawan and you were handed a brochure that says this is what it means to be a jedi Mm -hmm. so read the brochure now watch this instructional video And then you'd watch The Elder because it's just this list of things that Dan learns, right? He he learns not to court violence because he so is, right? Yeah. He's eager to go after uh, The Elder. He's eager to prove himself. And he learns just like the danger of that, the pointlessness of that. Um, he learns that there are things that are beyond his control, you know, in this great lesson that everything is impermanent. You can't, you know, uh, yeah. you, you can't change that. There's some things about the galaxy you have to accept. Um, he has to accept that there are some things that he can't know, right? He, he starts with this great desire to know everything. He wants to go to every planet and be an expert on everything. Right. Uh, and then he kind of ends by having to, having to kind of accept that, well, we don't really know, uh, the elder was probably a Sith, but we don't know if there are more out of them. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen next. You know, Mm. you have to accept that you don't know right now. Um, and then really kind of this, this, I think main lesson is that, you know, Jedi isn't about action. It's, you know, kindness, balance, defense. These are the things that are most important. Oh, yeah. Balance and stillness. That, that, that's, that's that's the tattoo you need. <laughs> uh, you touched on, too. I, I love where this episode ended up. Uh, just a, a, a comment on aging 
uh, the beauty of it, uh, the uh, disaster of it, uh, and 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 the value of letting go and pass on that that sinks up real strong for me with some of the stuff in episodes eight, nine, and uh, particularly eight. Uh, I think with Luke, but I, I yeah, I, as as we advance ourselves, but just like that's what defeated the elder, right? Just overall that concept, uh, that conversation of it, it was it was uh, poignant. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, when I touch, I wrote on a couple of those down. Uh, would love to touch on them as we uh, yeah. wrap up our conversation about this one. So, I- I- any favorite moments that you wanted to mention? I, I love the reveal. This is interesting tweak on the rule of two, as said by the elder in that fight, and just like Sith, nah, stupid. They 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 couldn't see beyond their own pride. You know that it it, it shortened their power. Whatever he said, I didn't write down that quote, but I I love that. I you know a lot of I have some friends who are obsessed with learning more about Sith philosophies as if studying the bad guys, I guess uh, that's how you can maybe defeat them. I don't know. Hopefully that's how they want to use that knowledge. Um, but uh, I love that reveal. And then because of that, um, here's this, so, this episode so calm and so slow and you touched upon it. There was these moments where there was just great flashes of energy and, and uh, that one shot where the elder like jumps forward and uh, suddenly his eyes are all, all you see on the screen and it's a, microsecond it was really effective it kind of made me jump out of my uh, seat a little bit kind of scary in a way it was so evil it's just like ha, just jump the screen i love that use of uh of the using the momentum uh and switch it up in such an effective way yeah there was such like just uh it, this was a fun bad guy to watch because you know what made him bad was so clear of just like i'm just lurking here looking for powerful people to challenge me and i enjoy killing them yeah, yeah. <laughs> to prove my own power you know uh, he didn't seem like he was going for any big victory. You know, it was just like, great. Oh, yeah. Jedi. Awesome. Oh, you're not very powerful. Boring. Boring. <laughs> uh, I like his line in particular. Uh, Let's not speak with our mouths, but with our blades. <laughs> Got right to it, right? Got right to it. Yeah. Got right to it. Uh, the moment I've seen some other people mention on social media, it's so, again, it's minimal, but it's so powerful of uh, Dan winking with the Habo kids. Uh, and, and his master kind of complimenting on him on that of like, see, look, you're, mm-hmm. it, it was just, it was, it was such a great, um, this coming of age story was so great. Cause you can see in the ship, like, oh, Dan, <laughs> you're on the wrong path. But then you can see that it's not just as simple as that, that he has all the, he has this kindness and this ability to connect, you know, so great. And it, and it made you, it made you like Dan and make, made you really feel like he's gonna die and i'm gonna feel sad <laughs> right no he was absolutely endearing that was a great moment too yeah yeah and, and then um for me a lot of the lightsaber fights were absolutely awesome you know as much as you know maybe we don't want to as a jedi uh crave adventure and excitement we we, we do when we're watching <laughs> star wars which is fine sure. so i, I love to some of those moments that cutting the lightsaber just seeing uh tajan's lightsaber going up and then realizing that he cut the elder's blade that was super cool yeah um but then for me i just uh, those quotes at the end uh what defeated the elder in the end was not me but time so powerful as you were saying mm-hmm. um do not forget your training and your kindness like he's like really yeah. underlining like you learned a lot of lessons remember winking at the habo kids because that's kind of <laughs> yeah. that's a big part of it um mm-hmm. And final thing for me, that with power, you can protect those without it. Mm. It's not like that idea isn't, you know, everywhere in Star Wars. But again, for me, it's just like that this is just boiled down to uh, a beautiful, powerful Jedi brochure. Yeah. It's awesome that y- you have space and it feels appropriate for a master to just say that. 
Yeah, no, I like I like that. Uh, you know, power can be and, and is at times a an appropriately dirty word in Star Wars. But to be like, no, 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 you know, how you use it is 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 more the problem. Uh, and I I thought that was a great sentiment. I love that. Yeah, really beautiful. Any final thoughts on the Elder? A couple more. I just the lightsaber fight in the rain itself just was really cool. Um, it's one of the you know I love the lightsaber fight in Episode Nine because the water and the blade. It just I love those visuals. I thought it was good. And the chest kill we got to talk about of just uh, you know the way the Elder went out. I, I oh yeah, uh, you know Episode Eight vibes a little bit, but uh, I don't mean that in a bad way. But just like what a what a what a great use of a saber. It, yeah, it's. I love. You're right. You're so right to bring that up because I love that the way they defeat him is together. Mm-hmm. Right. That it, it's very Sith-like to be like, I'm so obsessed uh, and focus on my lightning hand, and then Dan the Padawan distracting him a little bit, and then just the absolute precision of <laughs> yeah. just a little lightsaber boop to your heart. <laughs> yep. I am not passionate about this. I just need to do it uh, to defend others. Love it. Yeah. Super powerful lightsaber boop. <laughs> Not a good way to describe it, but what are you going to do? Anyway, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break, and then we will wrap up our conversation by discussing the final two short films of Star Wars Visions back in a month. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we are back to finish our discussion of Star Wars Visions. We are going to jump into the next short, uh, Lop and Ocho, by the animation studio Geno Studio. Uh, Ken, what was your reaction to this one? Uh, love it, like it, struggle, <laughs> sneak? <laughs> oh, I, I actually I, I loved it. it. It snuck up on me in the way that I'd, I'd seen you know the trailer and this character of Lop. We kind of knew was coming, right? They had highlighted and. Uh, I don't. I don't want to. I'm not saying this from a super super negative point of view, but I just. I was like, ah, I don't know, bunny rabbit. Yeah, you know, looks cool, but I don't know what. I don't know what to expect from that, right? And the fact that just that that didn't really have anything to do with the story, other than it was this uh, wonderful being from another planet, and and how that folds into the conversation of found family and and all those uh, things that are so important to Star Wars. So I think right from the get go, where. And again, I, I don't even know what I was expecting with that. You know, I, I, that's what I'm trying to say. It's not super negative. I was just like, ah, you bunny, bunny kid. Fine. Great. I'm sure I'm going to see something weird in Star Wars. Right. Um, it just, it moved beyond that so fast, so fast to become, I, this that might be one of my favorite stories of all nine, uh, just Ooh. in terms of the story. And I love the episode overall too, but the story itself of, of, of family, found family. And like I said, up top of, the, of this episode. This one was the most just, yeah, we got Jedi stuff. We got, we got legacy and blades and, and all, and who are you and coming of age, all that stuff. But this is, this was about um, rebellion. Uh, and this was also, I really connected. There, there was some, some uh, post-war Japan stuff to me going on that, that really um, I, I, I felt at least from my point of view. And I, I haven't heard any interviews with the creators to know, any specifics. And sometimes I just don't want to know the specifics for the creators. I'm just going to interact with it how I see fit. But you know, there's this idea of this wonderful culture with great history, with wonderful tech trying to move forward and, and trying to build and, and how um, that, how you go about doing that and what is right. Big themes we're going to discuss in a second, but that all jumped out early on. So I, I didn't struggle with this episode at all. It just immediately, uh, I was drawn to what it was trying to tell me. Yeah, no, there's a lot of great things about what you're saying. I think, you know, the design of LOP makes you go like, okay, well, what's going to be perspective of this one? And it really is just like that it is important to the narrative that LOP is not of that planet. 
Um, yeah. And it's just a different design. It's just like, a, hey, let's have fun. That's that's what we designed. This this yeah. spoke to the creators. There there you go. Um, and yeah. then it goes into like, yeah, some very serious stuff, which is awesome. I, I think for me, and, and thinking even a little bit more of it right now, like I, and I, because as you all know, I love that Tatooine Rhapsody episode. When I, uh, Rhapsody episode, when I saw Lop, I think I was expecting more of that. I was like, oh, is this the one she's going to be some pop singer in space? Like, is this, <laughs> and, and that, that just melted away right from the beginning. It was such a great start. Yeah, absolutely, immediately. And I think you're really right to point out that this one does, it has a lot of the same traditional things we've talked about. It is a coming-of-age story. It's a bunch of Star Wars ideas in this one. Uh, But uh, some of the other uh, shorts that have dealt with the sort of tyranny of uh, Empire or Separatists uh, or Sith have been sort of re- um, they've had a sort of village focus, right? They've had a little bit more like bandits are coming to take our village. That is both uh, in both uh, the duel and village bride. And this is planetary. This is, we are, we are getting you to agree to your own destruction on a planetary level. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and the only way to get out of that is not the only way, but the star Wars way to get out of that often is rebellion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Big questions of of uh, what, yeah, what is do what is doing the right thing? What is it? Yeah, but anyways, we'll, we'll dive. Yeah, in a second. Yeah. yeah. I think what I enjoyed about this one is uh, watching it and just enjoying it, but also processing it in terms of the way we're talking about them. Of what are the Star Wars ideas? And I really enjoyed. There are a lot of different big Star Wars ideas. Uh, some that appear in other shorts, and some that don't. And then they're just all kind of twisted and woven together in this really, really different way. So that was really fun for me. And I really liked that this one also had yet another really solid take on what the lightsaber could mean. And I liked that in this one, you know, it very specifically meant family, tradition, the connection with the path, with the past, but also, also the path forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Path. Yeah. And, and yeah, that path forward was yeah, wonderful. They dealt Big. Wonderfully. Yeah. So let's, uh, we talked a little bit about the look of Lop. Uh, anything else about the animation style or the use of music or anything? Music was great. The, the style itself, um, I, uh, I guess it's cause I just, I have that weird affinity for Imperial officers. I don't, I loved the designs. I kind of want an Ocho black series figure of when she's, uh, you know, an Imperial officer with the chopped off hair and the Cape. I thought just a lot of the designs were very classic star Wars, but with this, wonderful twist on it that, that this is what star wars vision set out to do right and uh ever's really effective for me just it was uh like so cool like add them add them to the imperial officer collection yeah i, I did really enjoy a lot of the uh the world designs the character designs it had some stuff of like yeah, it's pretty traditional um it, star destroyer um but the father figure uh yasaburo he just had a cool look i love that uh just very 90 degree angle scar above his eye he looked cool as hell um, and then just in terms of the kind of film language, I, I really like that there are some of these kind of big panoramas that kind of let you uh, feel the environment and because the environment was such a part of here's what's at stake in this story. Yeah. Uh, but then there's also a lot of intense close-ups that really uh, made you think about things as, as symbols, right? I mean, literal close-ups of symbols like the lightsaber and the, the actual Jedi symbol. Uh, but like there's that... When uh, Yasaburo is is telling Lop the tale of the blade, there's that great close up of Lop's eyes with the candlelight reflected in it. You know, there are a lot of those kind of intense close ups that that make you really 
think even on, you know, uh, not even on a, a, a conscious level, but on an unconscious, deeper level of like, what is the meaning of the thing that I'm looking at? Yeah. 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 Very well directed too. just, uh, it took its time in, in a big kind of loud story at times with big fight and big explosions. It really had the small moments that were real intimate and, uh, right up in your soul. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, let's talk about the, the big star Wars, uh, ideas or themes. Uh, obviously it, it fully embraced the star Wars theme of saying dank Farrick as a swear word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but besides that, what spoke to you? Um, I, I, what really spoke to me was, like I said, I, I brought this, uh, this idea of this post-war Japan, because this, all of them have uh, the wonderful, just pulling in, like I said earlier, uh, even in the elder, just pulling in the landscape, the world, the culture of, of, of Japan, which is what I would want for this series. This one just, I felt I was in Tokyo at parts, right. Or just, again, I have never been there, but just like from that distance, just like, oh, that's this, that's that. Um, and then just, just looking at history, looking at, uh, uh, post-war Japan and, 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 and this country steeped, just steeped in these wonderful long held traditions and next generations. How do you move forward? How do you be part of this, uh, this new world? And what's the right way to do that? It, it really dealt with that. And, and, uh, you, I don't, you know, just, you gotta be careful to, to sympathize with Ocho at this point, especially some of her actions, but her just being like, no, this is how I feel the best way is to move uh, my family forward. And her father, who has this reputation, he's always going to do what's right. Yeah, that's said at one point. And so he's got his and and I think we it, it makes a comment on the best way forward. But you can almost just, you know, villain, a hero in their own story. That thing we hear about all the time. You, you, you can almost see uh, Ocho, you're so close you're making mistakes. Just, I, I understand where you're coming from, but there's another way to approach. And I just was really drawn in by that and this idea of idealism. And is it bad? Is it, is it, does it get you where you need to be? And what's the best way to move forward? Big stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that was so powerful, this idea of what is progress. Mm -hmm. uh, and it felt like there was this idea of, well, there's this great sense of Star Wars balance of traditions exist maybe for a reason and we should look at them and we should stay connected to the past. Um, but change is natural. Change has to happen. You have to move forward. And it kind of centers this question of like, everybody agrees <laughs> that mm -hmm. progress is necessary, but the empire has kind of sold this lie that oh. they're, they're taking the planet and doing whatever they want to it for their own benefit yeah. is progress. And, and you can see how Ocha would see this, the shiny thing, you know, our, mm -hmm. we, we don't have what we need. That's why we invited the empire here in the first place. We can't just cling to the past. We got to move forward. So fell into the empire's uh, lie. And then the other side, you get to see that Yasaburo is very aware of the need for progress and change. And like that, the blade isn't just about tradition. It's right. about embracing the generational. It's about embracing the new. It's not like here's the blade and here's the list of exactly how you, how you should do yeah. it. And don't ever do this. It's, it's yours now, you know, it, it's yeah. totally, you know, a thousand generations live in you now, but this is your fight. You're the progress, you know? Yeah. So it's, everybody's agreeing yes to progress. How is the question? I, I love that you point that out. Him, him passing the the blade on to to Lop has, yeah, you know, it's wonderful, it's sweet, it's powerful, it's inspirational, and it does tie to what you said there, particularly stuff said leading into episode nine. But I just, I also love going back to what you say too. Is like, you know, Yasaburo is not like stuck in the ways. He's like, yeah, you know what? There's a there's a new way forward, and you take the best way, and this is the best way. I, I thought that was a comment on the overall uh, theme going on as well too. So good stuff. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So yeah, I think you're really right to kind of highlight that as is one of the the biggest themes. But then I just was fascinated that there was so much. Uh, it was obviously just a huge um, support of the Star Wars theme of found family, right? Yeah. Of uh, how much it was like. It, I didn't write down all the all the specific lines, but yeah, so Burrow really saying like, you know, you are my daughter, you know, uh, yeah. and you have every right to this blade. It's not about blood. It found family. These things matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a great um, kind of sad Star Wars moment to see this uh, loss of kindness, this uh, mm. corruption that the difficulties of the world bring to people. I thought that um, Ocho's journey reminded me of Anakin, where we get to see her as a kid just being kind and intuitive, right? Of meeting yeah. Lop and going like, I don't know anything about Lop, but she should be part of our family. Right, yeah. <laughs> and it's Bro who's like, all right, okay, okay. Uh, and then you at the very beginning you're like oh this is going to be a tale of lop and ocho standing up against the empire oh no yeah, yeah. what happened how did the world break <laughs> poor ocho down to become hardened and corrupted you know yeah. uh and it's a very like hey uh if nine-year-old anakin could talk to revenge of sith anakin <laughs> yeah. you know that so i thought that was great um yeah. and then i thought that just like the actual plot the the true narrative was just on this idea of we have a beautiful planet we need a little bit of help but uh instead uh our flowing organic uh planet is attacked by the rigid yeah. <laughs> spiritless machinery of the empire yeah uh, stark contrast indeed an uh, effective one yeah absolutely uh is there any uh, favorite moments from this one that you wanted to shout out like I said, I really love some of the looks and the designs, which popped at different points. But uh, during uh, at one point during the the Lop and, and Ocho duel, there was, a, there was one moment where just uh, like all the background was removed. And it was just them. I think it was like all black. It was just it's a brief second, and that just jumped out to me. Uh, one of the, I'm always looking for poster worthy uh, frames to hang on a wall uh, <laughs> and screenshot it, screenshots. It, just, it was real. I really love that moment, and the fight was really well done. And just the moment at the end when when, when uh, Ocho is, uh, you think, uh, maybe uh, cut down uh, to be on that uh, that uh, that ship and moving up. That was a great look. And just maybe and that made me go, wait a minute, are we smashing the credits? God, we are. God. OK. <laughs> um, and so that's why I'm definitely intrigued of, of further Visions content. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there are a lot of great moments in this. Um, the the fighting was great. Uh, the the moment of Ocho uh, kind of. Uh, joining, fully joining the Empire and biting her thumb in that very, you know, traditional uh, way uh, for clearly for her culture in this story of putting the blood on her forehead and the cutting off the braid. It, it's all like it's visceral, right? Yeah. It, it, it was so much stronger than just like, I'm going to work for the Empire for a while. <laughs> you know, it was so powerful. Yeah. Turning it back on the family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Lop having to bring the braid home and like, you know what this means, dad. Uh, um. The droid, I think, PD, uh, mm-hmm. trying to show Ocho the oh. hollow of them becoming a family and literally having that second of like, maybe that'll get through to... Nope. 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 Cut down. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. And then my, my final moment that I wanted to, to uh, highlight is the that end of that that fight. I I was really curious to see how they're going to handle that fight of if, if Lop was going to be trying to get through to Ocho or if it was really like, I, I just have to stop her for now. And I liked that really different visual almost where it felt like Lop marked Ocho, right? It was so an X marks the spot. Yeah. 
and that she had like this growing mark of, you know, ambiguous, whether it's a wound or armor or whatever, it doesn't really, I don't want to get that pedantic about it. it it's more this kind of uh, uh, mythic symbol idea of like this, the mark of their conflict and almost the mark of maybe Ocho's loss of innocence. Uh, so for mm-hmm. her to join the empire, it's just a really cool image. And I, I, I did like just leaving it at like, well, obviously this story could go on and on. This, this might be a, a very long, a very long conflict to resolve. But mm-hmm. if we're watching the Lops kind of coming of age story, she's of age. She's of age. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, th- this tale of uh, two sisters, uh, I, I was intrigued by that concept too overall. Yeah, absolutely. Well, ready to move on to the last one? Yes, indeed. Okay, the final one is Akakiri uh, by the animation studio Science Saru. What was your reaction to this one? I, I, I'm, I'm going to revisit it. I've seen it twice. I really liked it. I a big concept um, that I was behind this Jedi going back to help his, uh, you know, once forbidden uh, former lover. That that just, that log line itself was like, all right, here we go. This is this is great. Um, that is, it had, it start, it started to have some of the, by this time, uh, I, some of the vibes were similar to some of the previous ones. And that's why I think I, I want to give this one a do it and watch it, uh, again, not to say I didn't love it. Um, tragic ending, uh, love to hear your thoughts on some of the, uh, uh, the power the Sith have there at the end. Uh, I'd love to hear that, but yeah, overall this worked and it, this had, uh, this had an epic feel to it, um, more than any other ones. It felt like a true short film. Yeah, this one felt very, very epic. And I think it's one of the shorter ones. So it really, it really worked it in. Um, Yeah, I think, um, I think for me, I was really grabbed by this one immediately because yeah, by this point it it is, I'm aware like, okay, we're, we're playing with these central ideas that we've talked about a lot. Um, And then the opening was just like, really stamped itself as different, right? Um, It had all these great surprising visuals that also look like Star Wars, the uh, horse creatures with like the full masks with their eyes covered were like really disturbing to me and then that like strange whooping noise yep. and then the music being really different these propulsive drums just driving you forward and a lot of these uh these shorts have had a slow build build up the tension to the reveal of the the cherished saber right or the ignition of the cherished saber there was no build up it was just drums yeah <laughs> angry people on space horses and here comes the lightsaber. And I really, it was, it was uh, like a breath of fresh air to me. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. The music through this one was out the, the, the use of the percussion all the way through. And then, yeah, I love the, uh, the, what I called the ostrich horses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. With the, uh, the eye covering masks yeah. and creepy and weird and awesome is great. I really love that opening. It really uh, set it apart for me. Yeah. Um, and then as it, the story, uh, you know, unfolded, uh, I was just like, wow, this is a, uh, a beautiful and disturbing Cliff Notes version of Falling to the Dark Side. <laughs> really? Yes. Yes. A tra- just a lot of tragedy tied to that. A lot of tragedy. Yeah. In the, but then uh, I really loved the um, the sort of comedy characters of the more the everyday uh, characters, uh, Kamachi and Senshu, um, uh-huh. in the comedy that they brought that contrasted the pain and the confusion and the literal darkness. Um, and I thought, you know, it, it did end on a dark moment, but it did kind of feel like uh, there is still this lingering hope of, you know, Misa is restored and, and 
what will she be able to do? Oh yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, this is definitely you want to talk about. Uh, you know, keep the story going. Uh, this, this, all, all of them actually, quite frankly, could stood on their own. And if they don't do another one, I, I think you can take the story where you want to in your head and and, and still be satisfied. I, I think. But yeah, this uh, that turn at the end um, was uh, it was haunting. It was haunting. It was straight up haunting. It was very sad. Haunting, powerful. Yeah. Let me just ask you about the the very end, right? Because. Mm-hmm. Nine shorts, the the battle of light and dark battled out over nine short films, mm-hmm. lots of different tones, uh, lots of people came of age. <laughs> uh, and then the whole thing, um, it ends with, yeah, there, Misa is back to life, but the final shot, you know, it's not like it goes back to Misa and you see her looking up at the red and, mm-hmm. you know, a determined look on her face. I'm kind of pulling. (laughs) I'm kind of, I'm reaching to find the hope because the final shot is just darkness as the ship rises, right? Yeah. Blaring red darkness as the ship rises. I think there's hope there narratively, but in the language of film, (laughs) it didn't end on a beat of hope. It ended on evil ascending. You know, how do you feel about that? Um, I, I I I uh, I feel I I feel okay with it. Other than it, it, I I I don't say haunting lightly. It I just was really sad for the characters to make that choice but to say that i do what i i did what i had to do um but but i'm i'm okay with uh even though we want our joy in star wars we want hope being sold right and the hope of uh the hopes of a new day i i don't know there's something that's also very reflective of star wars and this one is one to grow on and one to think on and and to bring it uh bring it home uh i'm okay with it um i i I was surprised. I was, I was surprised. I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess I'm struggling to answer. It, 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 it was, it was, uh, I think maybe because I pressed play and had to watch them all again. It didn't feel like the end till the, till now, now, now that you said it, now I'm sad. Now I'm sad. I'm sad. <laughs> yeah. I think it, I think it isn't the actual short. It makes a ton of sense to me because yeah. we definitely could have shot to, to the, like, yep, it's a grim time, but here's this little bit of hope. We've seen that in a lot of star Wars. This was pretty bold to just be like red, Darkness. Nisa's <laughs> there looking up, small, but uh, I think I I love it for a short because it's fresh, right? Yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, but I think I was affected that this is the final short. Okay. Yeah. You know, it, and I, I, it's not like they're you know uh, arranged to be a you know a narrative. Obviously, I'm sure some thought was given into like the mm-hmm. ebb and the flow of them and all that. Um, but yeah, I, I was just I don't dislike it. I just was like, hmm. If you sat down to watch it, you know watch all of visions in a row, you know, would you rather end on two Obi-Wan, right? <laughs> I was going to say, is that, that might've been the, that might've been the best choice. <laughs> no, no. Um, but this, this one. Yeah. Yeah. This one's it's, it, 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 I felt, you know, I know I was, I know I was incorrect. I was just gonna say, I felt a little bit like at the end of revenge of the Sith, but no, you even get hope. Cause you know, hope comes back. You're right. We don't, we need, right. It ends with, you know, the holding the baby Luke, right? Yep. Yep. You're right. Yeah. So uh, anyway, enough of that. I'll wrestle with that uh, myself personally in my kitchen after we finish recording because uh, I'm hungry. How did you feel about the animation style of this one? Uh, I really like this one. Again, they're all even even when cap- capturing similar similar vibes, they stand out. And there's this one. This one had um, what's the right? I'm, you know, I, I don't have the detail to describe animation styles like my old roommates did who went to CalArts, but it's, uh, <laughs> there's a little bit of a lack of detail that I loved. That's just kind of like this uh, sparse design for some of the characters. Even the, even the villain here had a very distinct, uh, unique look, but just with the, the shapes dominate the design um, versus uh, 
super, super realistic detail. Um, yeah. So I was kind of drawn to that as this kind of epic tale with, uh, you know, dark corners to climb in for your lessons. And then just funny <laughs> stuff. They'd get ostrich horses, horses, uh, uh, but the, the sidekicks were, were uh, detailed in their own way. Very funny. So I, I actually really liked the, the presentation on this one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for, for me, I really agree with that. I like the, the very stylized, very minimal. The character designs felt very different and very unique. Um, there was kind of a painterly feel, especially to some of the backgrounds that you could almost uh, like see some of the like uh, texture uh, mm-hmm. of the art, like that the art is not trying to be realistic. It's trying to be art. Um, and then a lot of great shots of those, the, that flat montage of travel um, with just a very direct shot. That was great. And then in that the ongoing balance across all of these of kind of how much Star Wars is embraced versus how much other um, traditions does it bring in. Man, did I love that. So much of the soundtrack just being drums at different tempos. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Absolutely love that. Yeah, no, I really love the use of that. I, I don't know if uh, I haven't tracked if any of these uh, soundtrack uh, pieces, uh, scores are uh, available anywhere, but I would love that one. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the the uh, big ideas. What big Star Wars ideas did you feel like were at work in this final short? Just, uh, I guess, taking the concept of sacrifice, which we often view as heroic in Star Wars, and then putting this horrible twist on it. <laughs> uh, stuff about family, legacy, and forbidden stuff too, as well. Uh, a lot of stuff there, but like with the, the Sith uh, being the, with the sister, right, of, of the, the father, right. Um, mm-hmm. but just yeah. that, that was really that, 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 that line at the end of, I did, you know, do what I had to do. Cut, I cut. Cause, uh, I can it just, you feel, you feel, and I, sometimes I think we all made have I don't know, we've all maybe been there in our life where you, you, uh, you, you, you do something maybe to, to harm yourself, not physically, not real, but like, just, you know, like you make a choice that, uh, you know, hurts you for the better, better, what you think is the better, betterment of others. And I don't know if that's always the right answer. Yeah, yeah, no, there's a, a ton of great stuff uh, uh, to think about and play with there. If it, You know, is what he did uh, 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 certainly a sacrifice, but, you know, is, was it the right thing to do? Certainly that question yeah, of, but it, you it, know. Yeah, sorry, it's like, it's like um, you know, what if, what if Luke joined the Emperor because he thought that would save his father, you know, <laughs> like. <laughs> right, well, yeah, and that's, that is, look, that's, this is the, uh, you know, the, the move that so many Jedi have resisted where, you know, Dooku kind of tries it with uh, Obi-Wan. He's like, yeah. no, uh, Maul tries it with Ahsoka. And she's like, no. Right, right? yeah. <laughs> you know, they always try it. Uh, it's not exactly the same of the, like, join me and we'll destroy the other guy, but it is it is the the manipulation to join it, to, that, that there's something of benefit to be gained by joining the dark side. And Star Wars is usually like, no, that's a trick. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. It, yeah, that's a trick. And we know that. And this one seemed less of just like yeah, less of a trick and less of what you got to do, and it, which I wouldn't say is right. But you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 No, I feel like it's uh, for me, it was about the character backing himself into a, a corner where it almost feels like he knows he is making a horrific choice, you know? Yes. Oh, yeah. There was um, yeah, not a lot of joy in his face. <laughs> oh no <laughs> no no here's what i really really loved about it is i thought it was a great uh star wars conversation about destiny versus uh free will right mm-hmm. um ultimately we, we the 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 story doles it out in a in a different structure so it's can have some great fresh surprises but this is the story of anakin right he sees a vision of a bad thing that could happen and then in his absolute desperation that it can be prevented and only he can prevent it he makes it happen 
Um, yeah. You know, there's some wiggle room in, in whether that is exactly what happens in Revenge of the Sith. I, I, that's my general interpretation. And I think it's pretty clearly what happens here. He sees the vis- this vision of, of somebody dying and he knows it's on this planet where this person he uh, cared about and, and maybe broke some vows, maybe danced on the edge of breaking some vows. Yeah. And he said, like, it, 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 it's unacceptable that that can happen. So I'm going to go stop it. And by doing that, he causes it. Right. Um, and I think it's the short goes a long way to frame this as a destiny versus free will conversation uh, because uh, Subaki is actively saying, I, I have free will. I, I don't believe in destiny. Right. Right. Because there, we, we get that one of the uh, uh, Kamachi and Senshu have been left behind and they're saying, you can't do that. And he just says, I don't believe in, you know, destiny. I basically don't believe in what I can't do, yeah. you know? So, and at first he wanted, for me as a viewer, I want to be like, yeah, and he did, he rescued him and it's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then it becomes this moment where when you know he's talked to his master about it uh, and his master offers an alternative of you're too close to this, send someone else in your stead which I loved, right? Because sometimes the Jedi are like, mm, unclear or dangerous, so let's meditate more. Or let's not do anything about it. And sometimes Jedi uh, uh, make the flaw of being inactive, not yeah. standing up and using their power to protect others, uh, like our other master advised. So I love that his master gives him a good alternative. <laughs> Just, yeah, something, believe your vision that something bad is happening on that planet mm-hmm. and people need to be protected let's send somebody else because you're too close to this dude and he's like no No. i do not accept that uh i can't change everything yeah you know and i feel like that's really that's to me that's the dark side lesson of you have to accept that some things you can't change that you don't have ultimate power and i think this is him trying to have ultimate power of like i saw something happen it's not the way i want it to happen i absolutely will and can uh, change it and and ends up doing something destructive to himself. Yeah, I'm mean, so similar to to Vader, absolutely. Uh, and Vader that mask being a prison, and now you know he's he's in a, some sort of prison here. And I, yeah, I wrote down the idea of what is destiny, what is faded, and and how that is used a lot in this uh, episode. Uh, and and uh, you know we always love talking about what destiny is or isn't. Um, so to to see it so plainly, uh, like you said with that master, it's a great you're great 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 to point out of like, uh, hey, here's another way. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. And there's the dark side at work on a small, small, small scale that has uh, tragic consequences. Yeah, and and I think Star Wars is always so interesting in these conversations between destiny and free will. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what I like about this uh, compacted one on one on how to fall to the dark side, the Anakin way, um, is that our our main character uh, uh, Subaki is uh, he thinks it's uh, that it's destiny that something awful is going to happen to this person that he loves to this planet, that his horrible vision is going to come true. And he's saying, I can change that. And he's framing it as destiny versus free will. Yeah. And then as we're watching the character, he's making choices at every step of the way. He's making choices. He is exhibiting free will. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it leads him to that, this place. Um, but those are his choices. He could have made the choice to mm. send someone else, you know, he could, he could have made, he could have, even after that death, he could have made the choice not to join, right? Yeah. Uh, th- these are still his choices. Uh, indeed, indeed. Uh, I'm thinking a lot of, uh, you know, you and I just taking that deep dive in the mortis arc of uh, the spirit of Qui-Gon saying, yeah, you know, you, you, 
You might be the chosen one. There's there's different ways to do it. Different ways to approach. Yeah. Your choice. And then it's also just a fun, great Star Wars twist to, to see like that. Uh, obviously, in the Anakin version, I think Palpatine's always just been dangling like, yeah, no, he, you know, he even says like, I'm sure to cheat death is a power only one has achieved. But I'm sure if we work together, like, mm. you know, earlier Palpatine, it was just you knew this power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now suddenly, you know, it was great that this was the opposite of that is like, yeah, no, join me. Yep. We brought her back to life. Great. Yeah, I was good. Do you, do you like that big moment? Uh, the Sith having that kind of power, uh, it, it does track uh, with uh, some of the stuff you're talking about with uh, Plagueis and Palpatine and all that stuff. But uh, to just absolutely say that we have that power, you you, you like that then, yeah? I enjoyed it as a twist because it, yeah. in some ways it made, I think this is whole and complete by itself is, uh, is Subaki's story. Yeah. Um, and I would love to see what's next because what's next would really wrestle with that to me of, you know, uh, it, this idea that Star Wars has about, you know, all of the uh, when to accept loss of life, when to right, when right. sharing your energy is uh, giving of yourself. So it is is selfless and natural when versus when is it Palpatine clinging on naturally to life and to see how they play with those ideas in mm-hmm. uh, in her, you know, resurrection. Yeah, no, I, li- I like what you said there uh, about this idea of um, that the power does exist, but y- you you could choose to not use it right and 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 how it's a lesson in letting go i i think uh, that's a good way to look at it right if he had if he was able to reach out and and you know do what ray and ben did for one another mm-hmm. you know that would have maybe been a triumph right but like yeah. you, you gotta imagine whatever sith power he used you know it, it, that there's a price to be paid and obviously he's paying it by joining you know right. yeah yeah Anyway, we could talk about that one for a, a while but we want to wrap this one up yeah. uh were there some favorite moments that you wanted to mention uh, I, I love the, uh, the, the, with the, the Sith master. I'm sorry. Sorry. I forget the Sith master's name. Um, uh, let's see. It's Masago. Masago. I love just, uh, every, the reveal, the energy, the design, the wars behind her, uh, everything about it, uh, was, uh, stood in a stark contrast to a lot of things I'd seen before in all nine of these episodes that stood out on its own. Everyone has unique, wonderful moments in it, but I just like uh, the use of the design, like I said, up top and a lot of uh, just uh, grumpy, angry energy. <laughs> Not friendly at all. <laughs> yeah, really powerful. Really yeah, powerful. but really uh, intimidating opponent for yeah. sure. Yes. Uh, I like the early line of, uh, of Subaki's of Psy, who would have thought there'd be a Sith hidden among the royal family? <laughs> Yeah, 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 it's just such like a great way to like. Okay, now we know exactly what's going on. Yeah. That's a problem. I like the I like the sidekicks negotiating for a higher fee. Just well, well done, well done. Yeah, I, I like the. Uh, I meant to mention this when we were talking about the themes. I thought there was a, a really great everyone matters theme in Star oh. Wars where where Subaki's like, "Can they fight?" And like, "No, yeah. not at all." But we have these other skills. What is he, he says? Well, he turns around. He's like, "We can't even something other." I remember laughing. I got to write yeah, that one. They were really funny too. I, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed them. They made it so this to me wasn't just grim dark, but had some different um, perspectives. I, I think they're in a, a great storytelling tradition uh, across, obviously in Japanese storytelling, but also in, in many other mm-hmm. um, stories of kind of the, the sidekicks, the comic relief, but also just this little bit deeper of like the knowing fools, the people that you kind of mm. laugh at or don't seem as serious, but they actually are the ones who truly know in that kind of that deep comedy perspective that yeah. uh, hopefully to be truly funny, it's because you're really seeing everything around you and you're really taking it in. And, uh, you know, this speci- there's a specific um, literary archetype of the knowing fool and they felt like they filled 
uh, really fulfilled that role of the knowing fool. And that was really cool. Mm, yeah. Which, um, little, uh, little R2 and 3PO, uh, connections there, I think. Yeah. Full circle. Absolutely. Full circle. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Full circle. Uh, yeah. And, um, final thing for me, I, I really liked that haunting vision that he could kind of half see, uh, it was, it was a great moment when it suddenly became reality, depressing moment, <laughs> Yeah, but really painful when you're like, Oh no. Mm. When the dime drops of what this story is. I like that. Yeah. Super, super painful. Anyway, on that moment of super pain leading to <laughs> super hope, <laughs> we're going to wrap up. Uh, we always like to, uh, to talk about uh, fun things. Uh, merch. If there, you could have any merch inspired by these episodes from Star Wars Visions, uh, what would you like? Well, I, I, uh, I would absolutely love the little uh, communication discs that are in the Ninth Jedi when they're all like, hey, I, did you all get a hollow message? Uh, I thought that was real funny when they all just kind of slowly hold them up. I'd love those. Um, all the hells. I mean, I'm just, I think I'm just recapping things we've already mentioned because uh, we, we touched upon things we want. All the hills. Just give me all the hills. Put them in a book. Put them in my hands. Make them hard plastic or I can build them a galaxy's edge. Doesn't matter. Uh, they were all really beautiful. Uh, I do want, I mentioned, so I, I want an Ocho uh, uh, as an Imperial officer, uh, Black Series six inch. Well, give me uh, Ocho and Lop two pack. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, for three and three quarter, uh, I want one of those classic cinema scenes that they did in uh, Power of the Force 2, nineties, two thousands. Of you'd get three characters with a little cardboard backdrop. Uh, I, I definitely want uh, Dan and his master versus the Elder. Dan can even be under a rock. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> love that. I love that one too. Uh, and then I need an actual TD, just a little floating uh, droid that takes pictures and reminds you later. It's like a floating social media app. Absolutely. And I need uh, an entire new version of a rideshare service uh, that is entirely manned by cranky old droids from the Ninth Jedi. That is true. Absolutely true. <laughs> Final thing. This is a little different. I, all the hilts, all the lightsaber toys. But inspired by the Ninth Jedi, again, I would like an actual lightsaber mood ring. Mm. <laughs> so I could look down. It's like, is it a crimson blade? Okay, then don't send that email right now. I uh, love that. And, and how, and how uh, you know... Um uh, the, the ring grows in size. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be careful. Yeah, you're going to be stabbing a lot of things when it gets uh, yeah. gets longer. <laughs> Any closing thoughts on uh, these episodes or just the whole big project of Star Wars Visions? Uh, in terms of the the the, the project itself, this was, uh, to me, nothing short of a, of a victory just in terms of the general conversation around it, the general way it's been viewed. Um, I love to, uh, those moments where I find myself challenged a little bit depending on my mood of the day or just overall um i, I mentioned like remember last week i was talking about how the duel sometimes it, the the animation style the 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 the, the black and white nature of it so I, I thought i was uh it was a little more boring for me and I'm looking back i'm like nah that that might actually grow on me and, and and having things that we can go back and and revisit if we want to to see how it connects with you after the um the abstract uh, nature of new hits you right in the face. It can sometimes challenge all the fans, particularly older fans. And I think Star Wars is all about growth and all about uh, reflecting the larger uh, galaxy of fandom. And this did just a wonderful job. And I'm so happy to see everyone so excited. And I'm excited too. I, I want people to know there's some episodes that challenge me more than others. Um, but overall, I, I have such a feeling of joy. Tatooine Rhapsody and Toby and all those things. Like they absolutely 
looked at Star Wars, looked at uh, their uh, their own uh, uh, culture and storytelling uh, techniques that have uh, influenced Star Wars and, and, and just absolutely uh, hit home runs after home runs. Yeah, I think you said a lot of great things there, Ken. I do think it is so important for Star Wars to evolve and play and have that sense of the the old and the sense of the new. I think that is what's so powerful, just even about that first film, that it is so baked in fantasy and myth, but especially when it came out, some of the designs and the effects, there's mm-hmm. also just the joy of the shockingly new. Mm-hmm. And I always want to leave myself open to, to enjoying both of those, to that thrill when I see an old idea or an old character or one of my favorites, and then also the thrill of being presented with something shockingly new. Uh, it's just this great creative, fun explosion of what if and why not. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like they did such a great job with that with Star Wars Visions. I think it's just it's great entertainment. You can, you can just watch it and it's just thrilling and all the visuals are cool and interesting. Uh, and then it's got this, all these great depth that we've talked about. But I think the biggest thing for me that I took away from, from star Wars visions is just, uh, that one of the ongoing powers of star Wars is that it fires the imagination, right? Mm-hmm. You see a cool thing and you're just like, uh, look at, it's already happening on the internet, right? Like, I love that character and I, 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 I am compelled <laughs> to interact with it more than just watching. I need to draw it, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to buy it somewhere. I want to, there's going to be fan fiction because some of these stories feel like the oh. introduction to more stories. Right. And what all of that means to me is the magic of star Wars is that it fires the imagination mm. and makes you want to see and know and experience more. And that to me is the biggest victory of Star Wars Visions. I absolutely agree with that. Awesome. Want to let people know where they can find us. Yes, uh, we can be found on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Podcast is available on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Spotify, and more. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Uh, as always, you can go check out our own websites and uh, Twitter handles. I'm at Ken Napsock, and my website is KenNapsock.com. Be in New York next week for some comedy. Check ticket information on the website. Joseph. Yeah, for me, you can find me on social media at uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can go to my website for all of my other comedy adventures, my podcast, Obsessed, uh, TV shows I've written for, uh, comedy albums of the past, uh, future shows. All that stuff is on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for all of the droids and all of their wall artwork out there, this has been Force Center. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.